Apologies. Oh my gosh. You're listening to Ah Geez, a Fargo recap podcast from Minnesota Public Radio. We're here to provide an authentic Minnesota take on a show named after a city in North Dakota. I'm Tracy Mumford. I'm a producer for Minnesota Public Radio. I'm Jay Gabler, and I don't believe we survived the last season, Tracy. That's right. We're back. There Uh, was a bloodbath. (laughs) Bodies were stacked up to the second floor. There were aliens. You cannot forget about the aliens. People still come to me and they're like, all right, dude, you, you did this whole podcast. What was the deal with the UFO? Why not a UFO? That's my question. But anyways, season three, we are so excited. We're here to just give you a little promo rundown of what we know, what we don't know, what we're super excited about, what we're kind of nervous about with the third season of Fargo on FX. We thought we would run through the characters that we have met so far in the trailer and in uh, early publicity and sort of uh, acquaint you with the cast that you will be meeting in this third season of Fargo. Right. And as much as I wish they would have stayed in the 70s because I thought it was so awesome, they are jumping back into modern times, folks. There are going to be smartphones. There are going to be selfies. Prepare yourself now. Well, they're going to be at least older smartphones. This is 2010, so it's almost the present, but not quite. That's right. So we know so far that it's set in St. Cloud, um, and it's a rivalry between two brothers, both of whom are going to be played by Ewan McGregor. What can we do for you here, Ray? Do you still owe me from what happened when we were kids? Ray, you know, I'm talking to my brother. Happy to help, really, but where does it end? Okay, talk me down, Jay, because I'm like, gimmick? Is this a gimmick? This feels like a gimmick. Of course it's a gimmick. (laughs) It's a gimmick, but, you know, that doesn't mean it's not going to be awesome. I'm enjoying the Ewan McGregor's, plural, that I'm seeing in the trailer. This is the question for me. Are two McGregor's better than one? I'm nervous, but whatever. Okay, so the brothers are at the center of this. Um, Emmett and Ray Stussy. Emmett is the parking lot king of Minnesota. Yes, he heads up Stussy, or is it Stussy or Stussy? I believe it's Stussy, but I guess we'll learn for sure. All right, so he heads up Stussy slash Stussy Lots Limited. Uh, yeah, and he his brother Ray, he has, they've, they've got some beef. When we talked with Noah Hawley uh, at the end of last season, he referred to an original sin between the two brothers, and it seems to refer to this transaction where Emmett traded his car to Ray, and Ray, and in turn, traded away some stamps. Those stamps turned out to be incredibly valuable. That's true, right? So we're not talking about any car. We're talking about a red Corvette. And we're not talking about any stamps. We're talking about incredibly valuable stamps. So it was a Corvette stamp swap, you know, your classic transaction here. Um, And Ray, who is not the parking lot king of Minnesota, who is a much less successful parole officer, feels burned by this transaction. He feels like his brother kind of swindled him and that he owes him something. Yeah, and the trailer uh, seems to indicate that uh, Ray is going to, quote-unquote, come for what's mine. Does that literally mean the stamps, or does it just mean some of the wealth that the stamps have accrued? Who's to say? Right, so these brothers, like you said, have beef. There's always plenty of beef in Fargo, including beef stroganoff. And the reason that Ray really wants the money is because he wants to buy a nice ring for his lady friend. Played by Mary Elizabeth Winstead, and her character is called Nikki Swango, which is a fantastic name. Right. I thought nothing could top the name, but then they said that she is a competitive bridge player. I am going to confess right here, I know nothing about bridge, but I'm going to need to learn because it sounds like the rules of this game and the terms of the game are going to play a role in this season. Yeah, it certainly seems like it's not going to be entirely incidental that she is a competitive bridge player. If you look at, we know the titles of the first several episodes, and they all are named after logic problems. You remember from last season, the titles of the episodes turned out to be sort of an interesting uh, 
commentary on what happened in the episodes themselves. Not necessarily a literal commentary, but would sort of add dimension to what was happening. And they were super philosophical. So we're kind of jumping from philosophy into logic for this season. Yep. Mm -hmm. And so the first two episode titles are The Law of Vacant Places and The Principle of Restricted Choice, which are both problems in bridge. Right. So, okay, we're going to have to get together and play bridge because my grandparents played bridge every Friday from high school until the day they died, literally. And I don't know anything about it. Yeah, we have to get a bridge expert on the show to talk to. My parents tried bridge and they ended up uh, just going back to pinochle. (laughs) So we have these battling brothers. We've got this love interest. And I'm sure Emmett doesn't want to give his brother the money. But there's also a very real reason that he cannot give him the money is that he's in debt to uh, this character played by David Thewlis, which if you're a Harry Potter fan out there and why aren't you, is played by the guy who played Lupin in the films. Here he's playing like a, a pretty nasty looking guy with some nasty looking teeth who Emmett owes a lot of money to. Yeah, and it seems that uh, the transaction between uh, Mr. Vargas Oh, and, that's his name, okay. Yeah, V.M. Vargas. Got it. <laughs> the transaction between Mr. Vargas and uh, Emmett was Possibly not uh, entirely legal. Didn't happen entirely within the established financial system, which uh, is going to give Mr. Vargas some leverage over Emmett. Ooh, okay. So we've got these family debts. We've got these very real financial debts. And of course, we need to have the law enforcement that gets kind of tangled up in this whole case of bad timing and murder and poor choices. And this season, it is Carrie Coon playing um, Chief of Police Gloria Burgle. Uh, obviously a chief of police's last name would be Burgle, and she's the chief of police of Eden Valley, which is a real place in Minnesota, but I guarantee you they picked it solely for the name. It is so small that, yeah, when uh, when Noah Hawley mentioned the name of this town to us last year, we thought that he'd made it up. We're like, we oh, just that's... nodded politely. So to all of our listeners in Eden Valley, we apologize. We now know where you are and who you are, and we're excited to see what Fargo has in store for you. All 1,000-something of you with your IRL three-person police department. So Eden that's Valley... Awesome. Makes Laverne from last season look like a metropolis. That's great. Okay, so Carrie Coon, um, you might have seen her on The Leftovers. She's this amazing actress. I'm really excited to see what she does here. And from the trailer, we know that she's definitely rocking like a more stylish Marge Gunderson haircut. So she may be even more of an incarnation of Marge Gunderson than Molly was in season one of Fargo. Yes, and she does have a son, a school-aged son. That's right. Who we know from the trailer gets involved pretty quickly in some kind of situation where he is needing to use a gun in self-defense. It's true. The kids always get caught up in Fargo, man. Lock the door. Call state police. I'm going to search the rest of the house. No, Mom. But survives long enough to be sort of recapping the incident by the end of the trailer. So hopefully, you know, makes it through the season. So, like, those are our big players, right? So we have Ewan McGregor playing this pair of brothers, um, both of whom kind of resemble Matthew McConaughey, right? He's like playing Ray looks like Matthew McConaughey in like True Detective and then Emmett looks like Matthew McConaughey like all dolled up and ready to go out. Ewan McGregor's definitely pulling a McConaughey here from what I've seen so far. How do you say all right, all right, all right, in a Minnesota accent. Yeah. How was that? Can we talk about accents for a minute, though? I just want to put us on accent alert here. It's not the Minnesota I grew up in, I tell you that. Okay, I'm worried. I'm worried. We have a Scotsman taking on the Minnesota accent. It is a tricky beast. He actually told the Star Tribune, the local paper here in town, that it's the hardest accent he's ever tried. And uh, 
I'm, I'm, I'm worried. I'm always worried about accents. The more time I spend in the Fargo universe, the easier I get on accents. You know, we've learned this is not so much meant to represent the Minnesota we know and love as the Coen Brothers Minnesota, which is a little exaggerated, a little surreal. And so if the accents get a little surreal, eh. I can live with it. That's fine. I think I'm just too harsh a judge. I'm not even from here, and I'm yet so protective of this absurd accent that uh, everyone will tell you they don't have. So, parking lot king. Are there actual parking lot kings in Minnesota? I mean, I assumed it's a throwback to, obviously, the Coen Brothers original movie, Fargo, where William H. Macy dreams of being the parking lot king. And it's certainly plausible there would be a parking lot king in Minnesota because Minnesota, like all the Midwestern states, is a place where parking is extremely important. It's cold, man. You don't want to walk far. Whenever anything happens, might be built, might happen in Minnesota, the first thing everybody asks is, but where will we put the cars? Where will the cars go? So if you are the king of parking lots, you're going to be rolling. That's true. It also reminded me of um, last season in Fargo uh, where someone literally gets rolled into the parking lot. Uh, Skip Spring, right, gets um, asphalted into right. into the ground. Oh, no. um, so you're going to bring up parking lots again. I'm obviously thinking of bodies buried underneath them, but we'll have to see. Is Skip going to be excavated in, this, okay. <laughs> in we, this season? So this is a good point, right? We don't know of any firm connections between the seasons. Obviously, season one and two had this connection through Lou Salverson. We finally got the backstory on him. But, I mean, what have you heard about connections for this season? Not too much. So I did a little bit of research here, though. And so I figured out that Bemidji is about two and a half hours north of St. Cloud. So we are not too far geographically from Molly, Gus, Greta, Lou, who we last saw in the dream sequence from season two. So is it conceivable that they'll be called in to help with some kind of dire violent situation that happens this season? I would say conceivable. Obviously, there will be some connection. So we will be on the lookout for it. And you should be on the lookout, too. You can always tweet us at Aji's podcast because we do want to hear from you. If you guys see things that we haven't seen yet, fill us in. Um, we also know Jim Gaffigan is going to be somewhere in the season, which I'm excited about. Um, a Midwesterner. That's a nice score for us to have in a Midwest show, which also brings up the point that even though we're here in Minnesota and it's set in Minnesota and we love Minnesota, Fargo is not actually filmed here. Um, what you're looking at are the great, wide, empty, snowy advances of Calgary in Canada. Yes. And, you know, will we travel to uh, fictionally to Fargo the city this season? That's right. It's always played this interesting role in the first two seasons. So we'll see who comes from Fargo or who goes to Fargo. Okay, so I read this interesting thing in TV Guide, which um, makes me sound like I'm 80 years old, but just roll with it. Um, so Noah Hawley said that his, the first season was set before the financial crash, and this season is obviously set after the financial crash. And so he's trying to think about, like, what happened to people after this crash? He said he thought uh, it was interesting if one of the characters is a real estate magnate who's the parking lot king of Minnesota— what were those years like for him? And what did he have to do to survive this financial collapse? So this season is going to be tied into these current events. And so, I don't know, I just read that and I got goosebumps and I'm really excited to see what he's going to do with it. This season will obviously be keeping you up to date with more episodes, more recaps, more interviews. Yep. So follow us at Augie's Podcast on Twitter. And uh, yeah, you can check for recaps at nprnews.org. And tell your friends, have a potluck. Aujis is produced by Tracy Mumford, Jay Gabler, and Anna Reed. Our theme music is by the Valdons, courtesy of Secret Stash Records. All right, then. Bye now. See you next week.